He is risen. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hear me okay? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Well, <clears throat> well what an honor huh, to preach Resurrection Sunday, Easter Day. And, um, and I just want to say, just take a few minutes. Uh, Amy and I and the kids were really excited, really, really looking forward to this coming season here, um, moving to Weaverville and, uh, and leading here at Mountain Chapel. And uh, just my heart is bursting um, with all that uh, God is really desiring to do in this time, you know. And I, I've been thinking for this, the last few days throughout this, this transition time, um, <clears throat> but the last few days, I, I, and probably weeks really, I've been thinking about all the leaders that, uh, that have been here over the years. And um, just, just looking all through, and I thought, and it's amazing, you know, at, in each season, you know, how many know that every stage of a building looks different than the last, right? And uh, how many know that um, you get to a point where, you know, you're building a foundation, right? That's super important, right? Foundation. And um, the Bible says that if the foundations are destroyed, what will the righteous do? And so the foundation, and obviously spiritually speaking, the foundation is Christ. But, um, but even in the work here in Weaverville, the work of the Lord, the church of Weaverville, Mountain Chapel, <clears throat> the years of building, the different stages that, that, uh, that this great church has been in and through, and uh, beautiful, beautiful history here, a rich, rich history here. And uh, it's such a great honor. Uh, I preached a few weeks back. I don't know how many weeks it was now. Um, just about the passing of the time. And uh, that's the season we're in now where, where I'm receiving something, you know. Um, <clears throat> I'm entering into a work. It's, it's the Lord's work, isn't it? Yeah. What's happening here at Mountain Chapel and what's happening here in Weaverville, it's always been the Lord's work, isn't it? And, and we're entering into that. And so we're really honored to be receiving the baton for this season. And this time for a particular purpose and a particular part of this work. And um, <clears throat> I know that a lot of the fruit that we're going to see, you know, the Bible says, uh, you know, it says, I've called you to reap where others have sown. And uh, and I know that uh, a lot of what a lot of the continuing fruit here will be because of all the, the plowing and all the sowing and all the laboring up until this point. You know, one thing's for sure. If you're harvesting there has been seeds planted quite some time ago. Right? Right? I mean, you don't plant today and then eat apples. <clears throat> right? And, uh, and so, uh, and orchards take years to grow. And, uh, and so, uh, but anyway, just really excited at the same time about, I really just believe that we're just tasting just a, a, a small taste of, of what God has in his heart for Weaverville's special place. And, um, you know, it was uh, uh, the last time we were here, we went to lunch with uh, <clears throat> the Franceschini's after, <clears throat> after church. We had a great time at lunch with them. How many love the Franceschini's? Yeah. Uh, David and Shanna. And um, <clears throat> they're easy to love. We, we, uh, we really enjoy Amy and I. And, we, you know, we had all our kids. Well, we had most of our kids. Oh, we had just Molly with us that day, huh? There she is. Molly, wave. You say hi to Daddy. There we are. And um, <clears throat> so this is my wife, Amy. Amy, real quick, you can just wave. For those of you that haven't met us yet, it's okay. You can cheer for her. It's my wife. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, my firstborn over here, Josh. Josh, you just uh, raise your hand in the red flannel there. That was kind of a... But, um, and then Chelsea here, my 15-year-old. And so we're all accounted for except for my uh, almost 19-year-old daughter. She's working today, I think, at some point. So, um, yeah, praise God. And so, uh, but he is risen. Amen. Resurrection. Resurrection life. It's powerful, isn't it? 
Yeah, I was just um, just fired up, really, in the car on the way up here, talking to my wife. My wife kind of got a pre a pre preach on the way up, and I and I wasn't trying to preach. I'm just was just thinking, you know, when I really began to look and and just reread about the resurrection, and you know, the truth is, it's it's Easter, so this is the time of the year that we really we emphasize the resurrection of Christ, and. Um, but the truth is, you know, the reason that we meet on Sunday, historically, is because after the resurrection, the disciples began to meet on Sunday, the first day of the week. Whereas the Sabbath, the seventh day, would have been the, the, the time where they would actually gather in homes. It wouldn't be. But, but that was sort of the holy day, the day given to the Lord. But on Sunday, because Jesus Christ rose from the dead, on the first day of the week, that we're still meeting today. So really the truth is, every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection. Every time we gather, it is, it's, we actually, by our actions, are testifying Jesus is alive. And, uh, and, and I mean, the truth is really that not just Sunday, but every day as a Christian, you know, Paul said, if Christ hasn't risen, our faith is in vain. <laughs> you realize when you, when you talk about the resurrection, the truth is, is that it is pretty much the most important thing that happened. Amen. I mean, I mean, Jesus was was born of a virgin. He 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 grew up in Mary and Joseph's house. Right. He he walked the earth 33 years. He he ministered uh, and then he was crucified. He was crucified. He said, nobody takes my life from me, but I freely give it. I freely lay it down. It's powerful. And, and when you read the gospel, you see that many times there were those, they were, tr- they were constantly trying to take his life. And he demonstrated over and over again, you actually can't. You're, it's, it's a feeble effort. You know, one of, one of the stories I love, and it's not really... But one of the one of the times I really love is that when they just they turned into an angry mob and they just started rushing Jesus toward this cliff and they were just going to kill him, push him off the cliff. And it said, and Jesus passed through them like it was just, it's just awesome. I mean, yeah, I love that picture because like, you, you know, it's really happened. These aren't Bible stories like, you know, just imagine a group of people, you know, and they're like. You know, they're just angry and they're mobbing Jesus and they're pushing him to the edge of the cliff and they get to the edge of the cliff and they're like, where'd he go? <laughs> like, he just, he just said, I'm just going to walk between you. Like, it's like they didn't even notice. And, and the superiority of Jesus, the Son of God, I mean, over and over. And yet, and, and this is the act, the ultimate act of love, isn't it? So on Good Friday, we celebrated that Jesus was crucified. Down in Reading, we had this. Um, we had this all-city um, Good Friday service. And uh, I guess, I, I mean, it's just crazy to think, but I guess it started some years back with four churches. Evidently, there's like over 100 churches now uh, represented uh, that come and take part in that. And um, that's, that's not, you know, I love that we used to do that back in Clear Lake, Good Friday. And uh, one thing that's amazing amongst believers is that you know, we can haggle and argue about all kinds of minor things. And, uh, but the truth is, is that when we come together around the cross and we say, we're all here because we have the same Lord. You know, and as a matter of fact, we're all in the same family because we have the same father. Right. And somebody said, you know, uh, when you came to Jesus, he said yes to him. And then we got each other. You know, <laughs> I said yes to Jesus, but then Cameron and I, we got each other, you know, it's like, and here's your brother, <laughs> you know, and, um, and so it's beautiful to be the family of God. And, um, but today I want to talk about the resurrection. And um, one of the statements I love is that it says that in Acts 1-3, it says that Jesus showed himself alive with many infallible proofs. That word actually is a proof. It's evidence that cannot be denied. It is, it's infallible. It's evidence that when presented, the only, uh, the, the, the only conclusion, if anyone's listening, could be that it is true. And uh, so we're going to talk about a few of those um, infallible truths this morning. And, um, and so 
It's a powerful message, but a simple message, isn't it? The gospel is really simple, isn't it? Uh, what I find is that when, when we get a hold of things and we start doing it our way, you know what happens? It gets really complicated and a lot less powerful. A whole bunch of rules, not a lot of transformation. Not a lot of power. But what I love about the gospel is that it's simple. How many like it's simple? You know, I just need simple. Like I just, I just, can I just follow Jesus? I just want, I just want to be about Jesus. You know, we're just worshiping Jesus, and um, and it's simple. And uh, we live out from that place. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are alive today. <laughs> Lord, we thank you that you did not just uh, vanish somehow and and be raised in some spirit form but that your body was raised, that you were raised in bodily form, that you walked the earth for a period of 40 days in resurrected form and showed yourself to many, many people and did many signs. And, um, and, and we thank you today. We thank you today that we know what God is like because we can look at you, Jesus. We know exactly what God is like because we can see you. And, uh, and we just declare that today that it is not just historical facts. But what, what's really important is that the resurrection life is fit and released during uh, the closing, <clears throat> the transition time. The resurrection life of Christ is here today. And so I just want to declare to you today that, that the Holy Spirit is here and He's moving. He's moving amongst us. And so if you need to be refreshed by the Holy Spirit, go ahead, I give you permission. <laughs> if you needed it, you've got it receive. Just receive from the Lord. You don't have to wait till ministry time, although there'll be time for that. You know, if, if, if something's stirring in your heart today, then just, just go ahead and, and, and interact with the Lord in this time because He's here. He's here today. And, um, you know, I love how the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. It's good, right? And, and you know what? Tomorrow, if, if we get tomorrow, which I suspect we will, then, then tomorrow will, also, will become today. And then that will be the day of salvation. But we don't want to put off till tomorrow what we can do today. Amen. So, so like, why, why wait till tomorrow to receive from God? Why wait till tomorrow to receive from Holy Spirit? Why wait? Why wait? Because He's the great I Am. And, and He's the one who's present. So if we can just look at Him and can we just give Him thanks this morning? I... I <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Oh, we exalt you, Lord. We exalt you. We just we recognize your presence, Holy Spirit. Wow, oh, we love you. We love you. Well, oh, we just declare to you today that your presence among us is the only thing that makes us different than any other people. <laughs> oh, like I wasn't I wasn't a Christian, but then I received Christ and got filled with the Spirit and then I was one. Like, the difference was is that God moved in. But I didn't do anything except for say yes to Him. I I didn't do anything except for receive a gift. And and so we just exalt you. We say the difference today is your presence and we feel that presence here. Come on, how many feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in the house today? (laughs) And uh, and you see, uh, as as we just acknowledge the presence of God, what happens oftentimes is there begins to be an overflow. You know, know, as believers, we're not trying to get into the presence. It's more about recognizing that the presence is in us, the presence of God, and that we're already in the presence of God. You know, we try so hard to get in. We try so hard, but it's like, you know what, just relax. Relax, you know. Somebody said religion is when you try to do for yourself what only Christ can do for you. <laughs> it's hard work doing God's job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you want to wear yourself out, just try to make yourself righteous, you know? But when, you, but when we look and we say, you know what? He really paid it all and he rose from the dead. And he gave us the Spirit of God. Actually, it's the Spirit of God in me that's making me like Christ. And if it weren't for that, I wouldn't look a single thing like him. Like you wouldn't recognize you wouldn't recognize me. We were we were just sharing about man, new creation. You know? Aren't you thankful? 
Yeah. Aren't you thankful that he didn't, like, give you a second chance? He didn't, he didn't yeah, he didn't shine you up, polish you up, and, and make you look a little better than you did before. He said, actually, what happened was, you were crucified with me. That old guy? Oh, he's actually dead. And, uh, and the person you are now, if you're in Christ, the person you are now never did any of those things. <laughs> That's a good word, right? That's why there's no shame, no guilt. That's why there's freedom, because you're brand new. And so we, we better get to the stuff. And this is the stuff, though, you know. And uh, <laughs> I should give you a scripture. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to read today, uh, I'm going to actually reference a lot of verses. So if you're taking notes and you want to look up stuff later, I'm going to throw out a lot of references pretty quickly that I'm not going to turn to and not really even going to read. I'm just going to reference. And, um, and, but we are going to read today out of, um, we're going to read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read about 21 verses there. Just because, man, it is powerful. You know, I love that Paul said to Timothy, told Timothy to give himself to three things. The public reading of Scripture and preaching and teaching. And we're going to do all three of those today. So, uh, <laughs> and then God will do whatever he wants. Um, so, First uh, Corinthians chapter 15. And uh, this is Paul. And he says, uh, moreover, brethren, reading from the New, New King James today. Uh Verse 1. So chapter 15, verse 1. Thank you. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you that the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and which you stand, by which also you you are saved if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. That's a good word. Come on. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And this word, when it says according to the scriptures here in this, in this chapter, anytime it says that, he's actually referring to the many Old Testament prophecies about Christ. And so it's just like thousands of years old. So what Paul is saying is powerful. Like he's saying this, this according to the scriptures, this, has, this is old, this is deep. These are roots. And so, so Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen by Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. Not powerful. 500 people at one time of whom the greater part remained to this present. So at the time of this letter, when Paul was writing, he's saying most of that 500 people that saw Jesus alive after his resurrection and preached are standing right here. One of the points about the infallible proofs that we're going to actually we're looking at today in the first part is is this that it's infallible. As a matter of fact, the, a lot of the statements that Paul is making is, you know, you got like, you know, you have a hard time. I know we believe. I'm just thinking, just think from an unbeliever. You're going to have a hard time getting 500 people to go along with something that isn't true. So good luck. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, like, just the simple fact, and, and he says, and so Paul's making his statements, and he's saying, and by the way, most of those people are right here. Just ask them what they saw. We all saw the same thing. It's powerful. Um, and after that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one who was born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, and I am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. How many can say that? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Why? Because I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed. 
Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? This, is, this was a debate that was going around. But some say that the, the Sadducees, <laughs> there was the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Sadducees didn't believe in, in resurrection. And so some people say that's why they were sad, you see. And, um, and <laughs> which, <laughs> which would be very sad. And uh, so that's how you can, you can remember that. But Because um, uh, we'd be all really sad if there was no resurrection. And, um, but if there is no res- resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, we, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he has raised up Christ whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. So Paul's writing this letter, he's actually answering some arguments. That's why some of this language. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile. It's worthless. You are still in your sins. Bummer. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, this is powerful, the eternal hope, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men and women to be most pitied. But now Christ is risen from the dead. <laughs> Come on, say he is risen. <laughs> and become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all will be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ the firstfruits after those um, who are Christ at his coming. And then it goes on. It's powerful. Christ is risen. That is the deal. Everything that we believe hinges on this truth. And, and so, let's just look at a few of these uh, infallible, I, you know, just run through this. I was looking this up. And so, after Christ's resurrection, he, the, the first people he appeared to actually is women. It's interesting. And uh, it reminds me of the story of Samson uh, when the angel of the Lord came. And, uh, and Samson's mom had two encounters. And, uh, and his dad got one just because his wife was nice enough to bring him into it. And uh, it it must have been so frustrating for Manoah. Like, what's wrong with me, you know? And uh, I don't know. We're just glad God's talking, whoever he's speaking through, right? And um, and so first he appeared, uh, if you want to look these up later, John 20, some of them overlap. John 20, 11 through 18, he appeared to Mary Magdalene. Then after that, he appeared to Mary, uh, Salome, Joanna, and at least one other woman. That's Matthew 28, verse 1. After that, he appeared to Peter. Luke 24, 34, and uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 5. You know what's interesting about that to me is that Peter was the one who denied Christ. I, said, I don't know about you, but Peter must have been undone. When I, when I think about the love and the mercy of Christ, the one disciple who actually denied him, thoroughly denied him. Like, here's, here's another chance. Here's another chance. Three times and then cursed. Swore. You swear words. You know, and, and uh, I, mean, I mean, he denied as hard as he could. And that, the, and that the first man that Jesus appears to after his resurrection is Peter. Oh, my gosh. The love of God. The mercy. You know, he's the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get Peter. You know, this, this, this is Jesus, right? He's the great shepherd. He, he does. We sing that song, but it's in the scripture. He, he leaves the 99. He goes after the one, you know. And uh, basically, the 99 is the one, right? I mean, the 99 is we're all just ones that make up the 99 and the 100. And, um, and so somebody said, whatever you do for the one, you do for the 99. Because the 99 is the one. And, and that's how Jesus acts toward us, the great shepherd. After Peter, then um, Cleopas and another disciple on the road to Emmaus. Remember that story? You know, I always thought, like, why didn't they recognize Jesus? Haven't you heard, they said. 
And they, they told Jesus is walking with them. Jesus comes up. What are you guys so upset about? Haven't you heard? Jesus Christ. They killed him. And, and Jesus, they killed him, you know, and, and um, of Nazareth, they called him. But, um, and he's walking. You know, I always thought, I thought of something new this morning. I always thought, like, why didn't they recognize Jesus? It could be because he was concealing. Because, because the word of God has to be revealed by God. Jesus is the living word. And um, that, maybe that's part of the secret of why he could pass through that crowd. Because God can just conceal or reveal. You know, all revelation comes by the Holy Spirit. It's because he opens it up. It's, even the scriptures were because it says that the Spirit of God breathed upon men of old. And, um, and so, uh, anyway, but I had another thought. I thought, maybe these guys were not close to Jesus. Maybe, maybe they weren't close when the crowds were gathered. Maybe they were far off. Maybe they didn't get a good look at the physical features of Jesus' face. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't have, the, they didn't have Instagram. You know what I mean? There, was, there wasn't like, you know, everybody wasn't posting selfies with Jesus, you know, like where you could get a good look at him. You know what I'm saying? So I just thought, why didn't they recognize Jesus? But for whatever reason, they didn't. And, um, but one thing they did know is that as they walked with him, they said later, didn't our hearts burn within us? How many, how many have experienced that? I know I do daily. Like I feel that you know, the Lord speaks to me and my heart burns. It burns with love. It burns with passion. I feel overcome by the love of God. Anyway, moving on. Um, and so that was in Luke 24, 13 through 35. Um, then he comes to... The, Ten disciples, or you could say the eleven minus Thomas. So there was ten disciples in a room. Judas had killed himself at this point because he couldn't handle the weight of betraying Jesus with a kiss. And, um, and, uh, and so eleven were in a room together, or ten. Jesus appears to them, Luke 24, 36-43, and John 20, 19-25. And then he comes eight days later. He appears to the eleven when Thomas is present. It's powerful, right? Like he comes and Jesus shows up to them and he goes, look, this is me. See? See my scars? Here I am. And then he sat down and he ate. We'll talk about that in a minute. He ate with them. But, but, uh, but, then, but then, you know, Jesus is gone. Thomas shows up. He's like, we saw the Lord. He's like, I'll believe it when I see it. When I can put my fingers into his into his hands. When I can put my hand in his side, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm not going to believe until then. How merciful is Jesus, though? Eight days later, he shows up again when they're all gathered. Thomas is with him. And you know, it's funny, like, it's like he heard Thomas, wherever he was. He heard Thomas say, he knew what Thomas had said, you know, because he didn't have to say it again. He just walks in. The first thing he does, okay, Thomas, you can do that now. If that helps you, right there, right here. And uh, put your hand on my side. You know, powerful. Then to the disciples at a mountain in Galilee, Matthew 28, 16 through 17. Then he appeared just to James. Disciples, uh, he he met with a, a large group of disciples, possibly in Jerusalem before he led them to the Mount of Olives and gave the Great Commission and ascended into heaven. That's Luke 24, 49-53. And again, we, we mentioned Acts, Acts 1-3. What's interesting, though, is that these weren't just appearances. There, was, there, was, there were tangible acts connected. With, these, this is part of the infallible uh, proofs, is that it wasn't just that Jesus appeared and they saw him. It was that there were tangible acts connected with every appearance. Let's just look at a couple. When he appeared to Mary Magdalene, he had to tell her, don't cling to me, don't touch me. I haven't yet ascended to my father. And you can dig into that, why that was important. But, but, but nevertheless, what we're focusing on here is that Jesus was there in bodily form, not in some ghostly state, not, not an apparition, not... Not like a, a wispy angel, but like, <laughs> but in bodily form. I mean, he had scars. He'd healed from his wounds. He had resurrection life. So he said, don't, don't cling to me. Don't touch me, Mary. 
when he appeared uh, in the room, it says that in Matthew 28, it says that the women took hold of his feet and they worshipped him. They grabbed a hold of Jesus. They're like, it's you, I'm touching you. I'm, they grabbed a hold of his feet and they worshipped him. Jesus, again, he showed his scars in his hands, feet, and side, and then he ate with them. You know, I was laughing one time. Somebody, somebody said, you know, you didn't see the food go down. Like, it was, it was normal. Like, it was, he had a body. He ate fish and honeycomb uh, with the disciples. Yeah, that's a good, I'd like some fish and honeycomb. Um, before the gathering of his disciples without Thomas, and then... Um, one thing I love, it says that with the doors shut, except for, here's, here's Jesus in bodily form, except for he keeps doing these crazy supernatural things at the same time. Like a glorified son of God risen from the dead would do. And, um, and you know, one of them is that they, that they were, it says that the disciples were gathered in a room and they, they were shut up, the doors were shut and locked for fear of the Jews. They just killed our Lord, and we're probably next. I mean, this, this is what was happening, guys. Like, you know, uh, anyway, the Romans don't, didn't take kindly to other people being proclaimed king. And um, which, uh, interesting fact, you know, that when Jesus uh, showed up to John, David mentioned Revelation earlier. You know, when, when it says that I, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And then Jesus revealed himself to John, right? Hair, white, eyes like fire. It's powerful. I always thought, you know what I thought that verse meant in the spirit of the Lord's day? I always thought it meant like, ah, he was in the presence on Sunday. You know, like in the Lord's day, because it's Sunday, church day, right? The Lord's day. No, it's far deeper than that. It's far deeper than that. As a matter of fact, it says, I was in the spirit. It actually means suddenly, unexpectedly. Caught up into the spirit. John was going about his business. He was not. There's nothing to indicate that he was being ultra spiritual or anything. Bam. He was caught up. Unexpectedly in the spirit. On the Lord's day. Now the Lord's day was the emperor's day. It was the day that they recognized the emperor of Rome as king of kings. King of all kings. This is what Rome was doing. They would go conquer other kingdoms. And say you got a little king but I'm your king. So you can have your little Herod as long as you know that I'm his king. So he's not really a king. And, and so, and, but it says that Jesus showed up to John on the emperor's day to proclaim himself king of all kings and lord of all lords. Isn't that powerful? It's so powerful. Uh, but it says that the doors were shut, the, everything was locked up. And it says, and Jesus came and stood in their midst. No knock at the door. It was like suddenly Jesus was standing in their midst. It reminds me of, how many heard of David Hogan? One of my heroes. Uh, he tells this story about how um, sometime in the last 20 years, uh, you know, he's got a ministry. He's a, he's a missionary, apostle really, missionary uh, in uh, way down deep in Mexico, in the indigenous tribes, and uh, <clears throat> and so he tells a story about how they they hiked out of the jungle to a roadside one day with some of the people, and and uh, they got on a bus and they were going to town to do a little bit of uh, shopping, and and so the pastor, the the guys were going over here to do something, and then there was a couple uh, ladies that went and they were doing some shopping at the markets and. And um, there's a little bit of racism, I guess, uh, evidently, between, um, at least in that area. I don't want to throw a blank. I'm ignorant to it. I only know what I've been told. But, but the, um, like the Mexican people and the indigenous people, sometimes there's a little bit of clash in some areas. And, um, and so she, um, after shopping, came to meet them. And some guys on the corner gave her a hard time and told her, oh, they already left. They got on the bus and went that way. And so she got on some bus. No money or anything, and just she thought she was. Well, I better go find them, and they hadn't come. They were still, and so they showed up. They couldn't find her anywhere. Long story short, they they're like so they get back to the village, and she's somewhere way out. Who knows where? 
And they kicked her off the bus when they, in the middle of nowhere when they figured out that she had no money. And so he said, so she, she picked up her groceries. She didn't know what to do. So she picked the direction and started walking. And um, meanwhile, back in the village, they're in a hut. And, um, and so David Hogan says, I teach my people to know that if you're all by yourself, then you and God is enough. But never do it alone if you don't have to. And I think that's great advice. And um, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just dumb to do it alone when you don't have to. You know, why? Anyway, another message. But, um, and so they're praying in the hut. And this is what I think happened here with Jesus and the disciples. As they're praying, she's walking. They're praying in the hut. And in the middle of the hut, she goes, and she was standing in their midst in an answer to their prayer. Isn't that amazing? It's okay. You can give the Lord a cheer for that. Come on. This is the kind of thing. This is, this is Jesus, though. This is the gospel, isn't it? Like, like the, it says that the natural mind is at enmity with the things of the Spirit. Like, like, it's like this kind of stuff. You know, it's supernatural. It doesn't, it doesn't obey the laws of nature. It's supernature. It's yeah. so um, so. Jesus is there, standing in their in their midst, and um, so eight days after that, when he appears to Thomas, Jesus invited Thomas. Remember tangible things. To go ahead, Thomas, touch my hands, touch my side, and then I love how he just lovingly calls Thomas higher in that moment. If that's what you need, I'll meet you there, Thomas. Go ahead. Now you believe, but you believe because you saw. Blessed are they who believe and have not seen. And, it, and it, isn't that amazing? Like he just called him higher. He didn't shame him. He didn't, he didn't pound him, but he, he, did, he did call him higher. He, he called him to change his thinking, to repent. And see, basically what I hear in the Lord's message there is, Thomas, don't ask me for tangible stuff again. You believe. You believe. You've seen enough to believe. And, um, and, so, uh, and so then, uh, so Jesus did many other signs. The Bible says that Jesus did many other signs which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John twenty thirty. Isn't that powerful? And so I think it's interesting that the Bible, you know, everything in the Bible is God-breathed and useful. Everything in this scripture is breathed by God. It's the word of God. But even this Bible that is breathed by God says to us, and also there's so much more that's not even written here. Jesus, just look at the things Jesus did, and guess what? There were so many things, we just we couldn't even write it. Matter of fact, it says just in, in chapter 21, right after that, it says, if all the works that Jesus did while he walked the earth were written, Perhaps the entire world couldn't contain the books. It's crazy. So how many just, I mean, what's the point of that? There's more. Just look to your neighbor and say, there's more. <laughs> there's more. You know, anytime God does a new thing, you know, sometimes you get, it, our tendency is to, to get stuck in, in what God did last time. You know what I'm saying? You know, at, at the rebuilding of the temple. When they rebuilt the temple and they were dedicating it, a great cry came up. And it says that uh, it says that some, you couldn't tell the difference, but some were shouting because it was so amazing. And some were shouting because they're like, it's not like the old one. And they're like, and so many times when God moves, that's, that's the thing. But how many, and somebody says, you know, well, this is different. God never changes. God never changes, but we haven't seen the half of them. So how many know that like just because God does something that you've never seen before doesn't mean he changed. It means you're changing. <laughs> yeah, God doesn't change, but we're called to. <laughs> anyway, I mean, being a Christian really is signing up for con- continuous change. To be more like Christ every day. And, um, and so then he showed up. And, uh, and so Paul said, we said that, but Paul said that he showed up to over 500 people at one time. What does this mean today? What's the point today? See, these are great facts and these are great truths. 
But you know, let's just talk about what, what other infallible proofs that you and I have. You know, think about this. The, this, is, this is documented. This is eyewitness account. It's rich. It's thick. It would hold up in any court. But you know what's even deeper than that? I was talking, Amy and I were talking about this on the way up here. That, you know what infallible proof I have? That I'm a new creation. That like, one day I was addicted and the next day I was not. That's my story. 19 years, 20 years old. It wasn't, it wasn't even a try. I didn't have to try. It was not hard. Actually, you know what's amazing? is that I, you know, like many people who aren't serving the Lord, I had a really filthy mouth. And I was 20 years old. It's weird. I forget about it. But when I think back, and I think it's important to remember your salvation, whatever it is, even if, even if you grew up and you never, you never really did anything, but, but when you met Christ, what happened for you? That's your testimony. And there's joy that comes out of that. You know? And what's amazing is when I said yes to Jesus, you know what's crazy? I didn't even try, but my mouth cleaned up in one day. No, this is my tell. This is the truth. And, and it, what is this about cussing? No, it's about transformation. Like, it's about the fact that the Spirit of God changed me in a way that I did not try. I couldn't change. And I was thinking, you know, what else is that we have the presence of God. We gather, we feel the presence of God. You know, when I go through my day, I get, if, if I'm sad, He comforts me. As I'm going through my day, I'm full of joy. I'm overflowing. These these are, this is evidence of the resurrection life of God. I've been healed. I've seen people healed. I've seen people healed when no one prayed for them. I've seen people healed when I've prayed for them. I've seen people healed when others have prayed for them. I've seen people healed. I've seen miracles. You have too. You know, and I just thought, like, think about this resurrection, what it means for us. Do you realize that there is no other belief system on the planet that has the claim that you and I have. No, no other belief system on the planet can produce it, but no other belief system even tries to claim what truths are realities for us. In other words, like, you know, like people that serve, uh, you know, other religions, you know, like God doesn't talk to them. God, do you actually know that, like, they don't even know, like, like Allah's not even a God of love. He doesn't love. He doesn't speak. He doesn't do anything for anyone who gives their life for him. He's, he's not real. Of course, that's why. But, but, like, but, but can you imagine living your life every day hoping that you're doing something that pleases God, but you don't actually know what pleases him? That's religion. But you and I, we can say, I know what God is like. I'm not making it up because if I've seen Jesus, I've seen the Father. So you know what I know? This is what no other, like God took on flesh. He was born. He died. He was buried. He rose. We know. We know. We know that he saves. We know that he heals. He cleanses lepers. We know that he casts out devils. We know that he, he breaks the bonds of addiction. We know that he makes a new creation. Man, Fenton's testimony today. I mean, if we could go, we could spend all day here just hearing every, and we could probably spend a week just hearing testimony just in this room about the things that God has done. I mean, it's powerful. Like, how about this one? He speaks. He speaks to us. Like, I hear God regularly, daily. He's talking to me. In many different ways. But he speaks to me by his spirit. And this process of, uh, since November, of, of stepping into this process, I'll, I'm going to tell you guys about it all in the future. But I'll just tell you, like, God started speaking to us, like, about probably 18 months before that stir started to happen. And I had dreams. And, and, for, and then since November, the way God has been speaking to us and confirming that we're supposed to be here at Mountain Chapel in Weaverville. And, um, you know, and, and I was going to tell you earlier, I was standing in that parking lot after we ate with the Franceschinis and had a great time with them. I was standing, just, I just stood there for a minute and I, 
just breathe the air here. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm so looking forward to living here. It's a beautiful place. And so, um, and God's got plans. But, but God speaks, and he's been speaking. You know, I, had a, I got out of bed one morning unexpectedly. You know how you get out, you're just groggy. You just got to go to the bathroom. You know, it's dark. I got, I got up, and the Lord spoke to me about this move. That was before this was even settled. And I, so I just filed that away, treasured that in my heart. But I'm going to share all that with you in the future. Um, maybe next time I come up. And, um, but it says that Jesus Christ was the firstborn from the dead in Colossians. The beginning, the origin, the first of its kind, the prototype of a new line. That's what it means. And so it says that if any man is in Christ, this is what we're talking about today. If anyone is in Christ, you're a new creature. This is why, if you've got any shame in your life, it's illegal in the life of a believer. You can, you can get rid of it today. If you, need, if you need something today in your body, the Lord is here today to heal. And, um, you know, my testimony is this, is that uh, when I was born again, I found out what it meant. You know, I was raised in church. But when I surrendered my life to Jesus, I knew something was different. And that I was never, never going back. I couldn't. I couldn't. That guy was dead. And now I was alive. And I'm telling you, the sky, I'm, this is for real. The sky was bluer. Like the trees were greener. Like suddenly, you know, the kingdom's everywhere. And, and when you're born into the kingdom, you start to see it everywhere. And you realize, like, this kingdom's been all around me all my life. I knew it here, but man, right? Because what can you see? Do you know, you realize, what can you see before you're born? Nothing. Unless the man's born again, he cannot enter the kingdom. Unless the man's born again, he can't see the kingdom. You can't enter what you can't see. And you can't see when you're not born. And so what we're talking about is a new life. That's what we're celebrating today on Resurrection Sunday. And, and we are just celebrating the life of God. David, would you mind just playing a little bit of uh, music? Hallelujah. As David comes. Would you just uh, begin to receive from the Lord this morning? Right where you're at. You know, and uh, however you do that, just begin to receive. Because I just felt strongly that this morning, God wants to touch some lives, as he does every morning. Every morning, every day, God wants to touch some lives. Amen. And, uh, and so today, I just want to give an opportunity for a brand new life. You know, maybe today you came and uh, you're hearing this message about resurrection. You know, that's the thing. What we have, and I know I'm preaching to the choir for the most part, I mean... And that's what we do when we preach about the resurrection. We basically celebrate together, you and I. We're celebrating together the life we have in Christ. You know, but, but perhaps maybe somebody came and, and uh, you haven't, I don't know. I, I'm still new here too, so I don't know who's new. But, but maybe you're here today and you are hearing this message and the, the Holy Spirit is beginning to press in upon you with his kindness with his love and you're feeling a stir inside and you're saying you know what I need a new start today I need I need a new start today I need some freedom in my life today I want I need to be a new creation I, I want I need to accept Christ and I'm saying yes today I want to follow Jesus I'm ready to leave my life behind that's what Jesus asked of us. You know, Jesus didn't say, ask me into your heart. And he didn't say, ask me into your life either. I, I, sometimes I think that's actually our problem, is that we're trying to ask Jesus into our life. He's like, I've seen your life. 
<laughs> I, I don't want to come into that life. Why, why don't you come into mine? Now, there's the deal that will work for both of us. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the problem. You know, I, and I know that sounds like a pithy statement, but actually it's much more powerful than you might realize on the surface. Is that I think in America, God bless me, I love America. And in the Western world and probably all around the world, and, and um, wherever there's great blessing overflowing, I think there's the tendency to forget what this gospel is really about. Like, like it means, it doesn't mean that Jesus joins my life and that now, now I also go to church on top of everything else I have already do. It means that I was crucified with him. That I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It means that I am saying, like Jesus, just like the disciples in the boat, I will leave my nets. I'll leave anything. I'll leave all. And it's not about what I leave. It's about who I'm following. And I think sometimes we get caught up with what will I have to leave behind. God, don't get stuck there. Because it's, it's actually not about that. It's about when Jesus stands in front of you and he says, I love you. And we feel the power of his life and his love. And we hear the message of, of new creation, the message of resurrection life. And, and he says, will you follow me? What are you going to ask me to do? Well, what I'm asking is, will you follow me as your king? <laughs> and he promises that when we do that, when we lay our life down, just like he said, right? He said, nobody can take my life. I lay it down. And all he asks in return is that we follow him in that same way. Like, okay, I don't have to go to a cross. I just get to follow you and live your life and receive your life today. And so the Lord might be calling people here today and he's saying, hey, you want it all to change today? Would you stand all over the room? And maybe if... Uh, if you're here and you know that you are a part of the ministry team or how that works here, um, maybe a few of you come up. Um, and uh, we want to pray for you today. So if you've never received Christ, or uh, we're going to do, we're going to start with that first. If you, if today you want to come forward and you want to make peace with God, you want to say yes to Jesus, would you just raise your hand up right now? Raise your hand up today if you're saying. I want to surrender to Jesus today and I want to follow him. Just going to wait one more, a couple more minutes here. Because today's the day of salvation. Today's the day it can all change. And yay God. Then we're all in the family together. That's what we're celebrating. <laughs> That's good news. I want to give another call. If if um, if today you just feel like maybe you just feel like you know what I've just sort of I've been discouraged. I've I've fallen out of fellowship. I've I've lost sight a little bit. Being here today has caused me to realize a little bit more about what I'm missing. Guys, this is a joyful experience today. We want to celebrate you today. You know, the fact is, all of us are in because we once were out. And, 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 and so our message is, come, come into the family. Maybe you're a part of the family, but you feel like, yeah, that's me. And today, I, I just want to get it clean before the Lord. I, by clean, I just mean simple and settled. And I don't want any more distractions. And I don't want any other competing uh, issues in my life. Then I want you to raise up your hand right now. Say, that's me. I need a touch from the Lord. Welcome. Can we celebrate you? Let's celebrate her. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And this isn't just a form. The power of God's going to touch you today. You're going to be, you're going to, you're going to be different. Who else? Somebody else today. You want to come forward and you say, you know what I want? No, it's not about joining a church. It's about saying yes to Jesus and I need a touch from the Holy Spirit today. Come on, where are you at? Thank you, Father.
All right, I'm going to give one more call. And I'm going to combine this. If you need a healing in your body today, just actually right now, I actually, as soon as I said that, I felt a release. So uh, if you need a healing in your body today, the first thing that I want you to do is begin to test your body out right now. Test it out because I believe healing is released in the room. Go ahead and begin to, to test it out. Are you coming forward? Welcome. Welcome. Bless you. Come on, let's give her a hand. Thank you. Test it out. Yay, welcome, welcome. Come on, let's cheer. Praise God. This is a good day. <laughs> Angels are rejoicing. Uh, go ahead right now. Raise your hand up. Come on, come on. Oh, <laughs> yay, God. Raise your hand up if you already noticed a healing in your body, something's different. Okay, I see a hand over there. You, are you experiencing like a healing right now? Awesome. Would you say it's like 100% or in, in progress? You couldn't do that. Look at that. She couldn't raise up her hand. Do that. Let's do that. Thank you, folks. That's amazing. Come on. Isn't that amazing? Nobody's even praying. It's just us. You know, it doesn't take a pastor or a ministry team member. It takes God. That's what God does. You know, I told somebody recently, I think, you know, we get excited when people get healed, but you know what? Those aren't the things we're going to get rewards for. That's Christ's reward. You know what I'm saying? Anybody else? You got a healing that's happening in your body. I feel like some with knees today. Raise your hand if you've got pain in your knees. Maybe even clicking in your left knee. Clicking. Is that you? Does it click? It's your left knee. Just go ahead and test that out right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Is, is your right knee bother you as well? No. Okay, so clicking. In the, it's your knees. Go ahead and receive that. Thank you, Father. Ooh, I feel the anointing right there. Uh, I feel that the Lord is touching um, stomach issues right now. You have stomach issues today. There's healing for you. I feel the fire of God uh, just upon me right now. And, and so if you need healing in your body, here's what I want to ask. Just stand in the presence. Sometimes what will happen is that you feel right now the presence of God coming over you in a significant way. Whether you need a healing or whether you don't, what I encourage you to do today is just to feel free to stand there in the presence and allow God to do what God is doing. Okay, and then the, the other thing I would ask is that you would please come and tell somebody so we can celebrate with you what God has done. So God heals you today. Please come. Tell Cameron. Tell myself. Tell somebody. And uh, so we want to know about that. Thank you for, for touching back this morning, Lord. And uh, uh, what about like a left, like a left toe? Is that somebody? Your big toe? And uh, so. I wanted to test that out. What? It's your left toe. It's your Ava, our daughter. Your daughter. Pinky toe. Oh, it's a pinky toe. Well, God can heal all toes. Come on, He made them all. And the last, the last thing I want to do today, the Lord is healing. The presence of the Lord is healing. The last thing I want to do, I want to invite you up. If you just want a refreshing from the Holy Spirit today, maybe you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Today's a great day to receive that. And uh, or maybe you're just saying, you know, I just could use a fresh touch today. Come on. We can use a fresh touch every day, but I want to invite you to come forward. We want to lay hands on you. We want to pray with you. And we want you to be able to go out today because of what the Lord did, just as Fenton said, with your face muscles hurting, you know, because of the joy. And so uh, thank you guys so much. What a beautiful body, believers. Can we just give the Lord a shout? Come on, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.